For the longest time, I secretly wanted more. I often found myself shrinking to fit in, settling for what was comfortable, and even selling myself short. Once I finally accepted that we deserve success and we are blessed with the power to achieve it, I stopped playing small. I'm serious about building a life I love and you should be too. I'm Denise Taylor of DeniseTaylor.live and welcome to Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness. I help women prioritize themselves, their success, and their happiness. Let's meet this week's achiever whose story will inspire you to push past your fears and soar. Well, hello there. It's Denise Taylor, and you know I'm always excited to have you join me right here on Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness. I do want to say thank you to everyone who took part in the Unstoppable Conference. Wasn't it amazing? When I think about the lives that have been blessed and touched and transformed as a part of that conference, I am amazed because I can see God at work. So thank you for staying connected. And I do want to tell you that I've got so much more planned for 2022. So when you hear me talk about those signature DeniseTaylor.live events, you don't want to miss them. Stay connected because God is doing a transformative work and he is using me to be a blessing to you. So thank you if you were a part. Thank you if you shared it with your friends. Thank you if you came to uh, any of the sessions. I want to thank you for being a part of the Unstoppable Conference. And I pray that it's a blessing on your life. Now, whether you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube today, you already know the drill. Please subscribe please rate and review. That is the fastest way for people to be helped by this platform. You see, I show up each and every week to encourage you. I want you to always remember that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but that he has given you power and we can embrace our power and go. We can go be have, do, and achieve anything that our hearts desire. You see, this is the place where I encourage you to build a life that you love without apology. God is here for it. So don't you hold back. New you in 2022. I've been saying that and I hope you receive it. It's time for a new you in 2022. Now, I just want to remind you, This is where I encourage you with my success superpowers. There's five of them. The first one is see yourself successful. The second is shake off fear. The third is do the work. Number four is take care of you. And finally, number five is hold fast to your faith. And those success superpowers, I believe you can apply them to any situation that you're facing and use them to propel you through to success. Now, this being the very first episode of 2022, I wanted to come out with a bang. I wanted to come out blazing. And I have to tell you, I am so excited to have Dr. Shantae, the host of Whole and Complete Podcast, be my guest to kick off the new year. 
I began listening to her podcast episodes and I was simply captivated. I was captivated with her messages in her ministry. The power in the anointing that shows up when she serves is unmatched. The whole and complete podcast is one that has been personally valuable to me. And the fact that I get to kick off the new year with Dr. Shante as my guest is not only a treat, it is a dream come true. You see, when you begin to see yourself successful, you begin to think about what it is you can achieve. And I had personally written down months ago that I would interview Dr. Shante. And so today is a dream realized. And what's great is our conversation will show you how God is rising up in allowing both of us to serve and be connected as partners. And so I hope that you are blessed. Be sure to listen. Be sure to tell me what your key takeaways are. Be sure to receive the goodness that God is going to bring forth in this conversation. And I will see you on the other side. Well, I am so excited to be here. I am all fangirl out. When I think of Dr. Shante, I think of someone who has motivated me, inspired me. And in fact, she has empowered me. So the idea of having her on life, love, and the pursuit of happiness completely blows my mind. But I declared that 2022 was going to be a year for new things for me and my business and everything that I put my hand to. And I could not think of a better person to kick off this new year with than Dr. Shante. She is the host of the Whole Incomplete podcast. And I will tell you, she spent most of 2021 helping me get myself together. I was binge listening to so many episodes that were therapeutic, challenging, and motivating all in one. And so it is my esteemed pleasure to welcome Dr. Shante to life, love, in the pursuit of happiness. Thank you for being our very first guest in 2022. Thank you so much for having me. Like that was such a rousing welcome. I felt like I need theme music and like confetti to fall from the ceiling. But thank you so much. I'm humbled. This really is an honor. You don't sell yourself short. You are doing the doggone thing, Miss Denise. I am so happy to have you here. So for those that might be like sleeping under a rock, do us the honor of introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about Dr. Shante. Dr. Shante, that's such a loaded question, right? But I am the host, as you said, of Whole and Complete podcast. And before Whole and Complete, so Whole and Complete, I started in February of last year. So right before the pandemic, right before, you know, the world just kind of blew up. Right. And prior to that, people knew me from my other podcast, which was Believing Bigger Podcast, which was all about helping entrepreneurs and influencers, people who want to create impact in the world, overcome their obstacles and really lean into their faith in order to do that. And I was all set to go into like season seven of that podcast. And God literally was like, nope, we're done with that. You can put that to bed. And I was like, 
wait, what, <laughs> you know, and, and whole and complete came into being. So we'll get into all of that later, but I am a, a serial podcaster. I am a college professor. I provide coaching birth personal and professional coaching for people who just want to advance and really kind of live these whole and complete lives. And we can unpack what it means to do that a little bit later. But essentially, that is what I do is I help people overcome limiting beliefs and I help them reaffirm who they are and who God made them to be and push further to where they want to achieve in their lives. Oh my God. And you're doing an incredible job. Um, The work that you're doing is impacting so far beyond what I think even you imagine. And I am so glad that I stumbled onto your podcast. Not sure how I ended up there, but that story doesn't matter. Everybody Um, says that. They're like, I don't know how I found you, but I did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because it, the, the way that you unpack each of the topics in your three episode series is a signature for you. So tell me, how did you end up in this podcast game, you know, and what do you love about it? How did I end up in the podcast game? I can honestly say, Denise, this was a God thing. I remember the day, I remember the day that I got the word from on high that I was going to be a podcaster. I was at the sink washing dishes. And that's how God works, right? You know, if you like read the, the stories of the Bible, it's always people who were just minding their business, doing life. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, something appears or some vision or some whatever. And it was the very same way. And the original name of my first podcast was Branding for Believers because it was all about personal branding and a faith-based approach to do that. And I was like, what? And I said, a podcast. I said, what even is a podcast? Who listens to podcasts? I it was like that, that Hattie, that Hattie McDaniel moment. Like, I don't know nothing about birth of no babies. Like I don't know about no podcast. And God said, that's what it is. That that's what it is. That's what I want you to do. And the minute that I kind of said, okay, I accept the assignment. I said, but I still don't know the first thing about podcasting. Two days later, I got a phone call from a young man who was doing, trying to build out his portfolio with video and audio work. And he says, you know, I'm just looking to build out my portfolio. Let me know if you got some projects, you know, I won't charge you. I'm just trying to get some things off the ground. And I was like, okay. And so I started podcasting actually in front of a live audience. So I had pod classes. I would convene a group of people in Chicago and we would podcast live for several episodes and then air them out like the Oprah show. Right. So you could actually hear the clapping, you could hear the the reactions in the room and it was great. And then branding for believers, I realized that the more I talked about that aspect of belief, it really became not just about belief in business and belief in, in entrepreneurship, but it really became about belief period, belief in yourself and, and the role that, that faith plays in that. And so I made a a huge, like nerve wracking decision to just pivot about three seasons in and switched it to believing bigger. Mm-hmm. And that, and then the podcast like literally exploded. It, it exploded. I didn't think that I would get, I mean, cause I'm not a numbers person. So I was like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to do what you say do, because I don't know anything about metrics or downloads or anything like that. And then all of a sudden it was like, in the first three months, it had 25,000 downloads Mm. and then it was 30 and then it was 35. Mm. And even now, like people are still listening to that podcast. Like it's still going strong and it's got like about 300,000 downloads sitting over there. So feel free to go listen, people. They're there. And I had really built a following 
doing that. And what people would say was, finally, it's not just about business. And it's not just about, you know, these preachy type sermons. It is really somebody who who understands what it is to be a person of faith and be struggling to put faith into action when you are afraid of failure, afraid of judgment, afraid of what people are going to say, afraid of putting yourself out there and it not working. And you are just able to speak directly to the heart of that. So that's how I got into the podcasting game. And what I love about it is the fact that Actually, and this is what humbles me about it too. Denise, currently right now, there are more than a million podcasts in circulation. More than a million. Podcasting as a genre is still a teenager. It's about 13, 14 years old. So it's still relatively young. And so the fact that there are a million options out there and that somebody, anybody would take the time to listen to my voice out of the millions of other options that are available humbles me, floors me. And really just affirms that this was absolutely a God thing because I would have never come up with this on my own. Mm, That's beautiful. He always does exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or imagine, right? And he puts his super on our natural and begins to take our name into places that we never imagined it would go. And your testimony is just proof of that. And it's an encouragement to me, especially as I start in this space and am willing to lift my voice that God is committed to those of us who are willing to serve. So I appreciate that. So what's been the hardest part about being a podcaster and what's been most unexpected? Oh, that's easy. So the hardest part is consistency. It is one thing to have a bright idea and to say, oh, you know what I'm going to do? And then you jump out there and you make all kinds of announcements and fanfare and all those things. And then you do it five times and then, oh, my baby got sick. Or, you know, you do it 10 times and then it's like, oh, I had to work late at my job. Or it's, it's the consistency. If I, and I will tell you, my listener base literally drives this podcast, literally drives this podcast. Because if it was up to me, I would have been quit. <laughs> I would have tapped out because to create content consistently and make it different and make it nuanced every single time is a real challenge. And when, and the best part, and this humbles me too, is the fact that I started to realize I'm a part of somebody's life. Mm -hmm. So like I, it started, I started to get these emails and these inboxes and people would say, Oh, I listened to you on my morning drive. Oh, I listened to you while I'm doing my client's face. Oh, I listen to you while I'm on the elliptical in the morning. Oh, I listen to you while like you are a part of my self-help routine. You are a part, you give me a word that I need to get to work every day. Or I listen to you on my lunch break. And I was like, what? Like, even right now, I have like almost tears in my eyes. I'm like, wow, you brought me into your life. You could have, I mean, there's so many other things we can do with our time, Denise, because time is a non-renewable resource. And so when I realized that I was actually a part of people's lives mm-hmm. and that I was, that, that what God was doing through me was changing lives. And here's the one that, that really, really set me back because there was a time where 
I was getting burned out. I was like, this is too much. It's a lot. I'm not getting paid for this. I mean, I, there's so many other things I could be doing. And I was really like teetering on the edge of just kind of putting the microphone down and going back into a normal existence because anybody who podcasts consistently, this is not a normal life. (laughs) This is not a normal life. And I was given a speech, uh, in Dallas. So part of the podcast, I was, was doing a multi-city tour and in Dallas. And this young woman came up to me afterwards and she says, Hey, my name is such and such. And I'm from Lafayette, Louisiana. And I found out yesterday that you were going to be here. And I drove six hours to come and see you because I had to see you. And I was like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. And you know, and she says, no, you don't understand. I had to see you because, and she started choking up and she says, I wanted to end my life. She said, I did not want to live. And I was just praying, Lord God, please say something, say anything, send somebody. And she says, I don't know how, but I found your podcast and you walk me back off that ledge. Denise, I was done. I mean, done wow. and, and like all of a sudden all of these kind of like superficial complaints that I had like oh I'm not getting paid and I'm not da, 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 da. like all of that just went right out of the window like I you can't put a price on a changed life you can't and God could use anybody but he chose you so accept that for the privilege that it is and just keep on leaning into your assignment and I'm so glad I didn't give up I'm so glad that I didn't tap out walking away from a podcast that had over six figures worth of downloads and and a listening base to start something else. I was like, wait a minute, Lord, first of all, you called me into this and now you got me built it all up and you, now we got to do something else. Mm -hmm. And again, starting from scratch, I had been dead silent off the air for like nine months. That's a long time to be off the air. I just said the key is consistency, right? Mm -hmm. So to be off the air. And then when you come back, you come back with a brand new podcast And here we are, you know, what, almost two years later, and we close to 40,000 downloads on that one too. So I'm just like, okay, well, well, okay, Lord, clearly you have a plan. (laughs) Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. I can't even imagine what you felt in that moment. Um, Humility was definitely a factor, but I imagine the great sense of obedience and willingness to be obedient had to be a reassuring like sigh of relief, right? Because the transformation that was on the other end of you consistently showing up meant life to somebody. And that's beautiful. Meant life to somebody. And do you know, that's the number one, when people thank me for the podcast, the first line nine out of 10 times is almost always, thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your obedience. Like somebody, something on the other end, the listener somehow senses like you must be submitting to a higher power because to do this, to consistently show up and do this. And, and they all end with, you brought me so much closer to Christ. You brought me so much closer to God, or you've helped me heal so many things in my life. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I have fully bested now. I never thought that I would be doing this work. I never thought that I would be doing it this way, but here am I. Wow. That's incredible. So who have you found are your people? Who are the ones that were waiting to hear from you and are connected most with how you serve and minister today? My people 
So I have a faith-based platform. So obviously people who are faith believers and, and yet I also, my tribe are people who have come into faith and have been put off by some of the things that they have seen and heard and experienced in church by church folks, people who said they love the Lord and then turned around and did some really egregious things, turned around and did some really um, hypocritical, shameful types of things. And people gravitate towards that because that type of stuff never gets talked about in the church. And, you know, there, there tends to be, and I don't want to get on a, on a, a soapbox about this, but there does tend to be a great concern to preserve the church brand, the church image, the world is watching, right? Than there is to protect the church body than the actual people who are hurting and the actual people who need to be fed and filled. And so when I started speaking truth to power and saying, okay, don't let your experience of church ruin your relationship with God. Let me try to delineate the difference between what church says versus what God expects and show you the difference between those two people were like, oh my goodness. Like she said the quiet part out loud. And, and when you, and it takes a lot of courage to do that. It takes a lot of courage to do that because people tend to, to get nervous, (laughs) you know, that, and, and as African-Americans that we have this long, dark history of not airing our dirty laundry, right. As though not speaking it will somehow make it all go away. And that's not how this works. That's not how that works at all. And so when I was able to just show up and just be really unapologetic and just call a spade a spade and say, I know what you experienced and I understand the the complex emotions and the hurt and the trauma that comes along with that. And here is some support and whole and complete. So just to pivot a little bit, whole and complete really is all about it. What, what underpins that is this notion of faith and wellness that you can have Jesus and you can have your therapist. And there are lots of people that went to church that said, what you going to counsel for? What you going to therapy for? Don't you have enough faith? Don't you pray? Well, if you're going to counseling, that means you ain't trusting God. And I'm like, who, to- who told that lie? Who, who said that? You know, and where did that come from? And, and, and what, what book of lie is that? That's not in the Bible. That's not, that's not what I'm reading. And so when I was able to really normalize the fact that you can have a relationship with the Lord and you can have a relationship with a mental health professional and still be walking on the King's highway, people jumped on that like white on rice because it was like they were waiting for somebody to say that this is okay. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. So my life coach, you told (laughs) me that often People who have great empathy are serving and tapping into a reservoir of experiences that prepared them um, to see with empathetic eyes. And so you serve in such a hearty way with everything that you've shared there has to be something about your experience that makes you relatable, that makes you understanding, that makes you empathetic. Share as you prefer 
how you got there, how you got over there, and now how you do what I call live significantly. And what I mean by that is we we can live a life of success, right? But to me, significance is when you begin serving out to others. So how'd you get there from the experiences that you had to now serving? That's a really great question. And I will, I will share using this example. So as I said, I went to this very traditional Southern Baptist church, was raised in that church. And when I was 28, so I'm a grown woman, I've graduated college, I got my own place, I'm out my mama's house, I'm paying my own bills. I became pregnant out of wedlock. Now I'm a highly visible church member, I'm a choir director in the whole nine yards. And the way things worked around those parts was that when young women got pregnant out of wedlock, well, they had to marshal themselves up in front of the congregation and apologize for their sin. And then after that, they would be restored in quote unquote, right relationship. And I went through that process, basically this public shaming, right? And I didn't think much of it because sometimes when you grow up in an environment and you're used to toxicity and you're used to certain things, you you're also taught not to question those things. Okay. Because in certain religious environments, if you have questions, if you have doubts, that means you don't really have faith. So you can't, you can't do that. Right. And, but when I started to realize the kind of impact, the kind of scars that that left in terms of how I show up in the world and how I was afraid to do certain things or wear certain things or give off certain impressions or how I was allowing the opinions of others to kind of control how I was showing up in the world. I had to take a minute. And I said, hold up, hold up. Why did I never question this? (laughs) Number one, why did I participate in this? And two, why am I complicit in it? Why am I, why am I going along with it? Because it's one thing to sit back and say, and point the finger at what somebody else is doing, but it's kind of hard to do that when you're in it. You know what I'm saying? When you are a part of it. And so what I started to do was really start to, in, in therapy, really kind of unpack all of the feelings that I had around those types of traumatic experiences. And I've had trauma in the childhood and all of those things. And once I started to kind of see what those things meant, I got lighter and freer and lighter and freer. And I started to show up with real intention and show up unapologetically. And I was able to separate religion and rules from relationship with a, a God who doesn't do shame, with a God who doesn't, you know, who who looked into the, the cup of, of life and saw all the, the good, bad and ugly of it and decided to die for me anyway. And I started to tap into the worthiness and I started to tap into the acceptance of it. And I said, now it took a lot of work for me to get there. I wonder how many people are like me that are struggling to get there that will never have the the funds or the where the resources or the wherewithal to get into a therapist chair that might not have access. What can I offer to them? You know, so it's kind of like this notion of, of lift as we climb. So I'm like, what can I offer to them so that they can get free? Like I got free to live a whole and complete life instead of living these fragmented versions of themselves. Because one of the things that I studied was end of life transitions. And one of the things that, that one of the biggest regrets of the dying, the number one regret of the dying is I wish I had had the courage to live a life that was true to myself. And one thing I cannot stomach is mediocrity. I can't get to the end wishing 
I'm going to get to the end having squeezed all the toothpaste out the tube. And I said, what can I do personally to help people get there? And I do have a deep well of, of empathy because when people say, I don't go to church. Once upon a time, I would be the person that would defend, that would be trying to pull out the proof scriptures from the Bible and say, well, you know what the Bible said? I'm like, no, no, no. Now when people say, I don't go to church, I say, I get it. I totally get it. And let me tell you why I get it. And let me tell you how I found peace Mm -hmm. in that circumstance. Mm -hmm. Like I did a church hurt series on the podcast. And to this day, that's one of the most listened to series on that show because people were like, finally somebody said and could articulate why I stopped going to church, why I sit on the fringe. People still want relationships with God. People still want to be in communion and fellowship with God. But the, 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 the organized way in which we do things, the, the rules and regulations that we use to kind of govern ourselves are not always accessible, but God is always accessible. And so me showing up to serve is me showing up to say God is still accessible wow. to you. That's beautiful. And thank you so much for sharing. Um, I know somebody's going to be blessed by that because there are a lot of people who struggle with trying to understand their relationship with God apart from church and how they've been hurt. And I think the beauty of how you serve, and I know you go to church, so this is not a message against church, right? This is a message. Every Sunday, I'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) This this is a message about restoration to relationship with God. This is a message about him being our personal savior, right? This is a message about our personal relationship and growing in that relationship and being able to get past the hurt that we've experienced so that we can authentically understand our relationship with him. And so I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So you do a unique series format. I find it unique. How did you land on that approach? And you may need to talk about it a little bit. And why does it resonate so with your listeners and they find enjoyment and impact in that. So one thing that I learned from the first podcast was that there are some topics that are so dense that to try to do it justice in one episode was robbery. It was like, man, we really could have, we really could have done a deeper dive into that. And I'm a college professor. I like curricula. I like modules. I like lesson plans. And I understand that sometimes in one 75 minute class, I'm not going to be able to teach all the things that need to be taught in order for students to be successfully prepared to write this essay at the end of it. And so coming into this, I realized that I wanted to kind of set up a format where people understood the topic, understood the terms, had a good solid foundation for understanding what something was then use an episode to really kind of unpack the spiritual underpinnings and what is God saying about that thing. And then use the third episode to bring in usually a guest from the mental health community. So I've had all kinds of psychologists and psychiatrists and licensed professional counselors and, and masters in social work come onto the show to speak to that thing because it is normalizing. And most of them are African-American. It's like, yeah, 
black people, look at that black therapists, black folks going to therapy and, and look at there, you know, and most of them are believers and they come to it and say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. And I have a whole doctorate in psychology and I'm a practitioner and here's how, you know, God is speaking to me and using me to help people get through trauma. And so that format works because it's not just me sitting up here pontificating and giving my opinion and my two cents, but it's also bringing some professional help and connecting people to coaches and counselors that they might not otherwise ever be in their orbit if they didn't come on the show. Mm -hmm. That's really good. So it's a three-part series. And usually you can tell I'm a student, you kind of unpack the definition and then you deal with the application and then you bring in the professional resource or uh, talent to be able to kind of speak. And so that three-part series really does the work to shift. And I think it's it's powerful to your point because the subject is not um, just one and done. It makes you come back, right? Because I, I know sometimes I, I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm out walking and I'll jump into episode number two and I'll be like, hold up, hold up. Let me go back and rewind right, and, right. and listen to number one again so I can see where we're picking up. And it does create that kind of coursework, if you will. But it's so... Um, so beautifully packaged, especially when you bring that voice in to kind of give it that stamp, not that it needs approval, but that stamp to help normalize therapy, like you said, and normalize the work that needs to happen to shift our mindsets and begin to get us to understand. And I just think it's a powerful approach. I'm glad that God gave you that vision. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So what has been your personally favorite series and why? OMG, personally, my favorite series. So to be honest with you, I probably would have to say, and this was also the hardest series too, Mama Trauma. Mm -hmm. Mama Trauma was hard because you just don't say the quiet part out loud. You just... We are black women. And when you come from black families, not only do you not talk about the business, you dang sure don't talk about your mama. Mm -hmm. And so that one I wrestled with because I, I don't, I don't know how to be phony. I don't, I don't know how people do it. I don't have that thing that people do. I don't have it. I said, I can't show up on this platform and be authentic and not share some iteration of this story. And mama trauma was really personal because so many people have difficult and complicated relationships with their mothers Mm -hmm. and never have a a safe place or an outlet or anywhere where they can like talk about it. Especially when you're, like I said, when you're a black person, because you tend to get so much pushback, like, I know, I understand, but that's your mama. Yeah, I get it. But still that's your mama. And it's like that right there, that, that one sentence just silences people. It's like, Oh, Yeah, I know that you're in pain, but swallow it. That's your mama. Yeah, I know some things happened on her watch that shouldn't have happened on her watch, but swallow it. That's your mama. And so to be able to to unpack that and then bring in Dr. Her name was Peonita Harris to come along and and break that thing down. I mean, she really did an excellent job with that. And afterwards, I got so many people rolling up on me like, thank you. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Because you, 
you be dealing with that stuff and you think it's just you, you, you feel kind of gaslit. Like, okay, well maybe I'm tripping. Well, maybe it's just, well, maybe this and maybe that. And it's like, no, baby, it's not you. <laughs> it's, it's not you. You experienced some things. You had some emotional experiences and some hurts and, and those things are legitimate and valid. And the experiences and the results of those experiences are also legitimate and valid. And there is also a pathway to healing from those things. Mm -hmm. So I would probably say that one was my favorite. And it was also the most difficult, but it was my favorite because I'm one of the few people that has really put it out there. Yes, you did put it out there because when I listen to a podcast, I usually go back to the beginning episodes and that podcast series came out after you lapsed a year anniversary, right? So I had listened to a whole year worth of podcasts of yours, a whole year. Like we went through COVID and the whole nine here in 2021, um, because you had launched right before the pandemic. And so um, as I was spending time walking and really just feasting and you were edifying me and you were building me up series after series after series, it was the mama drama series. Yep. That made me come back from walking, hit the computer and say, I have got to schedule some time with Dr. Shante. It was that series. And so I think it's very powerful for you to share. That's your favorite and most difficult because that was the series after, after me listening to so many that made me click the button to set up time with you. And it has been very powerfully transforming in my life to be connected. And so I thank you for doing the hard work in that series, because it was a message that I needed to hear. It was a blessing to me, just like it was to everybody who was sliding in your DM saying Mm -hmm. the same. And sometimes we don't see... Um, just what God has in store on the other side, if we're willing to do the hard work, we just think about the mountain we have to climb. We don't think about the lives that are going to be impacted and changed. And that series for me, uh, was a game changer. It's the one that, that really made me reach out and click the button. And, you know, you want to talk about obedience. Do you know how easy it would have been to gloss that one over? to stick that one in the back somewhere and be like, mm, no, you know, because my mama is alive and well and kicking <laughs> and, you know, to kind of have to try to tell that story in such a way to try to preserve integrity and all that. So preserve integrity, but also still tell enough where people understand that these were some difficult circumstances and this was a challenging relationship. And like I said, everything that we are taught is that you just don't do it. You just don't go there. But it's also like people say, it's usually the one thing that you're the most afraid to do is the one that you absolutely should be doing. And that was the one. Mm -hmm. That was beautiful. So, So thank you for persevering. So when you pull yourself back and you think about the God given vision an assignment of whole and complete, right? Because it's already taken on such a huge life and and been very impactful. What do you see? What do you see as that vision 
for whole and complete. So the scripture that actually drove the, the title of the podcast and really underpins the whole thing is and let patience have its perfect work. And when it has finished its work, you will be whole and complete, lacking nothing. Mm. I see so many people lacking and struggling because they, for so many reasons, and one of the biggest reasons is because they're living segments of their lives. They're not living the whole thing. They're living in, in pieces, you know, so there's, there might be the mom piece and then there might be the spouse piece. And then there's the, the piece for work. And then there's, you know, the piece, you know, where they might be serving at the church and what have you. And all of those roles have different expectations. They take, they take, okay. They take, and they require so much of us. And then when it comes time to us, ourselves, our needs, our care, our mental health, our bandwidth, our emotional wherewithal. As my granny would say, we ain't got a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. Somehow or another, we just came at the bottom of, of the well and we just keep on going like that and think that that's going to be sustainable and think that that's going to be a whole and complete life. And I'm a divorced woman. I'm a single mother. And what people tell me all the time, especially the way that I show up on social media, what do they see me doing? They see me working out. They see me traveling the world. They see me, you know, speaking here and speaking there. And they're looking like, how is she doing this? How, like, is this how it could be? Is like, and she's going to therapy. Like, wait a minute, scratching my head here. Like, can you really live a whole and complete life? Yeah, you you absolutely can. You don't have to just be a servant <laughs> or subject to or a victim of the success that you've created in the role of wife, in the role of mother, in the role of worker, in the role of, of committee person and what have you. No, you get to have a whole and complete life. And that doesn't mean just what you do. We're not human doings. We're human beings, mm -hmm. meaning you get to be happy. You get to be well, you get to be someone who sets boundaries. You get to be someone who travels and enjoys hobbies. I salsa dance twice a week. And they're like, wait a minute, who out here dancing? Me, because I live a whole and complete life. You know, one of, one of the people that I really appreciate her work is Brene Brown. And a book that she, that I read, which was a game changer for me was the power of vulnerability. And she talks about these guideposts for living wholehearted. Mm -hmm. And one of those guideposts is, wholehearted people play. And she, when she heard that, she was like, play who plays anybody got time for play. I got so much things to do. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, there are things that I do in my life that are just for my own joy, my own personal satisfaction. And we are not conditioned that way. We're told that that's selfish, that that's a waste of money and that's a waste of time. And what are you actually going to do with that? So when I talk about living a whole and complete life, I'm trying to help people get to the end of life, having squeezed all the toothpaste out of the tube with no regrets, no looking back. They left it all out there on the floor. And when it's their time, they can say, I'm ready. Wow. That's beautiful. Um, it reminds me of something that I say often that we should build a life that we love without apology. 
right? That whatever we love, we should build it. And that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he gave us power. And with that, we can be, do, have, and achieve whatever it is that we want. And so I think it's just uh, confirmation why I subscribe and can really be edified by the message of whole and complete because it resonates with me. So when you have lived so long shrinking and you begin to understand how you can authentically show up despite what happened to you, despite what you may think has marred who you are, it is so empowering It is like something I have never experienced before. And to really hear the scripture basis be something that talks about not lacking. I don't want us to just think about that in the context of substance or provision. I really want us to think about it in the context of what you described, right? Joy, living, being, happiness, all of those different things, because oftentimes we forego those and we kind of just don't allow us to set expectations around them because of how we've been hurt or because of what happened or because of the challenges we face with it. And so I think the vision that you have is so, so beautiful. So thank you. All right. So hold on. Hold on. Okay. Slide out of that. Okay. Um, not only that, you, you just said it, it's expectations. It really is about that rewiring of the mind that reset that like you can actually live your life with the expectation of joy. You can live your life with the expectation of fulfillment. You can live your life with the expectation of being satiated. There is a, a John 10, 10, we're familiar with that verse because it says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But the NIV version of that says, I came that you might have life and have it to the full, Mm -hmm. to the full, Mm -hmm. a full life, a whole life. And I think as believers, sometimes we tend to think that that means in the by and by and the thereafter. No, we right here, right now, right here, right now. He said, I came that you came to have a full life to everything. There is a season. Everything means everything. And everything includes joy. Everything includes peace. Everything includes fulfillment and and happiness and healthy relationships and healthy boundaries and standing up for yourself. Mm -hmm. All of those things Mm -hmm. is the full life. And you're right. When we live without that expectation, we never get there. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's so true. That's so true. So I want to ask you this question. When you look at how you've built, and and I love the fact that you started off with the alliance and partnership that was uh, forged at the very beginning of the podcast uh, experience for you, but how important is partnership to building impactful outreach and achieving goals? And if you have any key ones as you looked at your journey, how did you forge those relationships that have been impactful to your success? So that's a really great question. There's the saying, right, that if you want to go fast, go along. If you want to go far, go together, right? And when I came into podcasting and, and coaching and all of that, 
there was a lot of kind of like grind, hustle, team, no sleep mentality. If it's not making money, it's just a glorified hobby. Kind of like all this kind of like low key shame and shade into it, you know, that kind of made it really competitive and really kind of nerve wracking. And it kind of made you question your, your calling and your purpose and say, well, if this doesn't produce millions of dollars, then, you know, it must not be anything worthwhile. And so initially when I started doing this, partnerships were all about, you know, like joint venture partnerships. How can we collab and make money and and that sort of thing. Now it's very different. Now it's about being yoked up because I mean, that's really what you're doing. You're entering into partnership. So yoking up with people who are equally committed to impact, Mm -hmm. equally committed to changing lives because (laughs) I just did a series on money Honey, this notion of sufficiency, I can't, we don't even have time to get into the podcast. But when I tell you, when I started operating from the notion that there is always enough, there's always enough. The minute I stopped worrying about money and just accepted that I don't just serve God, I serve the source of Mm -hmm. all the things. Mm -hmm. And he has access to all the things because he made all the things and all the things belong to him. Mm -hmm. And I'm just operating in obedience in my assignment. I stopped chasing money, stopped chasing, you know, the pursuing that. And, you know, the minute I stopped doing that money just started falling out of everywhere. I said, well, well, all right. (laughs) And so now the partnership piece of it is about working with people who are equally invested in this platform in terms of like, what can we do jointly and collaboratively to, to reach and change lives. And so you and I have, have recently endeavored to partner. And I love this partnership because I know that, you know, yeah, you're drinking the Kool-Aid, but also too, like we're also, before we even met, we were, we're already doing things to try to impact lives in positive ways. Mm-hmm. And so when you're talking about strategic partnerships and making alliances, it's not just about who makes money, but it's also who's in alignment with your values because I have a service-based platform. You have a service-based platform. And so if we come together in partnership and we're not serving, then what are we doing? We're now we're out of alignment with our assignment. And the, to me, the end result is not going to be anything that's transformative or impactful, which if we're not doing that, then I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. That's good. So when we come back, we'll talk more about what I know you have plans for, which is going to be an incredible experience. We'll talk about the whole and complete retreat that you have coming up this spring yes. uh, for women in Scottsdale, Arizona. You know, I am asked all of the time, Denise, exactly what do you do? <laughs> to which I simply reply a lot. If I had to summarize it, I would say this. I speak, I write, I build, I mentor. And while it's true, I will do just about whatever it takes to bring about success. I am more intentional and dedicated to serving and helping others who serve get to new levels. You see, I believe in partnership. I believe that partnership accelerates progress, but even more, I believe in strategic partnership because strategic partnership accelerates success. And this is the reason why I am so excited 
to be hosting and sponsoring my very first strategic partnerships accelerated networking event. Now, this event is absolutely free. It's a free virtual networking event specifically for business leaders, entrepreneurs, coaches, speakers, influencers, and sponsors. Now, if that's you, you're welcome to join me for this free event on Wednesday, January 12th of 2022. It'll take place at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now you'll learn more about me, how I serve, how I partner, how I build brands and platforms, but you'll also get a chance to meet other leaders and network with those that are changing the game. You'll learn more about partnerships and how they can help take your brand and your business to the next level with me and with others. And while this is a free event, you must register to join us. And you can do that on my website, www.denisetaylor.live forward slash partnership. And I will give an appreciation gift to everyone who joins. Now, let me just say this. If you have a brand, you should join. If you have a platform, you should join. And if you're thinking about either, you should join. And if you're just curious, you should join too. And the reason why I say that is sometimes greatness is birth when you're at the table. We want to make 2022 the best year for you, your brand, your business, your mission, your focus, whatever God has called you to do. I say it all the time that I am your strategic advantage. And what that means is I want to help accelerate your success. So here's my signature question. What can I help you achieve? Join me on Wednesday, January 12th, and we will talk more about how Denise Taylor can help you achieve the success you desire. All right. So now that we're back, Tell us about your vision for the whole incomplete retreat and who's going to get the most from that experience. Ooh, goosebumps. So whole and complete retreat. This is something that has been heavy on my heart for a couple of years now. And I started to think about what would it look like to bring my tribe together, women who of, of faith, who are doing all the things that we talked about, right? You know, the living, the working, the relationships and all of it and are still struggling under the yoke of what it means to live out the creed of a strong woman, right? Or strong black woman. And we love to talk about, we like to throw this phrase around, you know, black don't crack, but it does though. It may not look like that on the outside, but on the inside, we're the ones with diabetes. We're the ones with hypertension. We're the ones with high cholesterol. We're the ones with heart failure. We're the ones, you know, stroking out. So it might, we might, we might can put it in a pretty package, but on the inside, we on the struggle bus and being able to create a forum, a place away from all of the, the rat race and all of the obligations and really be able to really dig into what it would look like to release yourself because you're the only one who can liberate yourself, release yourself 
from the burden of strength that we have been saddled with for so many centuries. And that's what I thought about. I said, if I have a retreat, I want the theme to be burdens down. Mm -hmm. I want to create a place where people can come and lay their burdens down and then plant the seed for the mindset that says, now, don't you go pick this back up. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't leave here. Like you came, (laughs) don't, don't, don't go back out there. Um, acting like you don't know what it now means to release and let things go. And we're carrying so many burdens that we just don't talk about, that we just don't speak about, that we feel like it's really not safe to share in certain places. And I'm, I'm a massive proponent of safety. I'm big on safety and safe spaces. And so the whole and complete retreat is really about a safe space to come, not only to relax, not only to reset, but especially to renew that mindset that now can set up the expectation that I do deserve joy. I'm worthy of joy. I was designed for joy and now I'm going to pursue joy. Mm -hmm. And there's no way that you can do that unless you wreck, you have to let some things go. You have to, to, to put some things down, just like the Bible says, let us lay aside every weight that so easily besets us. Mm-hmm. Some of us are carrying a lot of weight, a lot of excess weight. And so it's time to, to come to a place where we can start to lay some of that down and lay the groundwork for living a whole and complete life. You know, working with you on this and um, supporting you in a way where you can stay before God to allow him to give you what the people need, if I could say it that way. I sit with so much expectation, anticipation of the lives that are going to be impacted and changed simply because they come. God has anointed you with an incredible gift to pierce through all of the masked shield that we try to pull up and put up and get to the heart of the matter so that we can really see ourselves changed. And what I am excited about is the transformation that's going to be in the lives of those who come. And so um, as you have that clarion call of burdens down, right, Um, with the expectation that they will not pick them up again, it excites me because I know that so many people through this entire pandemic experience have been riddled with burdens. They have been riddled with burdens around income, family, employment, relationships, love, children, loss. They, I mean, just riddled with so much. And I think the vision that you have for them to steal away and peel away everything so that they can really focus and anchor in on them and begin to be ministered to Um, I'm just excited to just have a front row seat to see the change happen. And I feel very blessed to to be partnering with you on it because I know lives are going to be changed. Now, here's the reality. The space is extremely limited. And I imagine that it is going to sell out way quicker than Uh, either of us even imagine, and we may even have to scurry for some secondary housing of some sort. Um, But 
As we look at 2022, and one of the things I said coming into this new year is a new you in 2022, I really think this is going to be the scripted help that God sent to really bring that change that's going to last. And so I'm excited. I'm excited because I know um, what it is to work with you personally, and I know how valuable you are to my life, to my family's life because of your investment of time with me. And so when I think about this retreat, I get excited because I know if we can just change the life of one person, the ripple effect of that is incredible because we change their home, we change their children, we change their family, we're changing their extended family, and we can even impact communities by just changing one. So I'm excited about that. So I know you like held on to it, um, but this is a stateside vision in Scottsdale, Arizona. I know you have aspirations to go international. Um, and extend the reach to cross the borders because you like to travel around the world. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Any closing remarks about the retreat itself that you would want to encourage with anyone who's listening today? I'll say this. One of my favorite stories of the Bible is Jesus, when he met the lame man at the pool of Bethesda and the pool of Bethesda, the way it worked was that every so often the pool would get stirred up and the first person who got in, it would be completely healed of their, their maladies. And this man had been paralyzed. He had been suffering for over 30 years. Mm -hmm. He had been struggling Mm -hmm. and Jesus walks up to him and he says, do you want to be made whole? Mm -hmm. And rather than answer the question, the man says, man, look, every time I try to get in, somebody jumps in before me, but will you be made whole? Mm -hmm. And that's my question for your listeners. There's a difference between a desire and a decision. Mm -hmm. That man had a desire to be made whole, but when the opportunity was staring him right in his face, he had not yet come to a committed decision that this is what's about to happen. Mm. I know what it is to want to live freer, to want to shed baggage, to want to stop replaying traumas that have happened from way back, to want to stop carrying the burden of bitterness and anger and unforgiveness of things that happened a while ago that have totally shaped who we are today. And and I know what it is to live that life, to want to live better than that, to feel like there's a calling on your life that's just serves such a a much higher purpose than where you're walking right now. I understand the desire for that, but desire is just that. It's not enough to want it. You have to will it. Desire is what I want to do. Decision is what I'm going to do. Okay. So this retreat is for people who have decided I'm going to live a whole and complete life who have decided, yes, I do want to be made whole who have decided, yes, I am going to invest. And when you think about what we have invested in other people and other people's dreams and other people's tuition and other people's bills and other people's life circumstances and situations, baby, you think I'm not about to invest in me? 
My love language is acts of service. And when I think about the acts of service that I have performed on the behalf of other people over the decades, you think I'm not going to show up and perform the ultimate act of service for myself? Yeah, see, I decided that I was going to live a whole and complete life. And so for those of you who want to live a full life, who want to get to the end of your days, whenever that may be, and Lord, we're certainly not trying to hasten them, but who wants to get there and be able to say, I lived a full life, the life that God called me to live, that I was designed to live with an expectation of joy because I decided that I was going to be made whole. That's who this retreat is for. Wow. All right. So I'm sure that many people found themselves there. And you know what? I'm not going to add nothing to that. I'm just going to leave that (laughs) right where you left it. Here we challenge everyone to build a life they love without apology. And so I always close out with my LLH questions. Of course, that's focused on life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. So this is where we tap into your wisdom. What's your life wisdom that you would tell your younger self if you could? The life wisdom that I would tell my younger self if I could, I would say that you don't have to go it alone and that you are not a burden because so many of us were raised to not be a burden, right? To, 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 to pull ourselves up, to handle it. And what I have seen in my life is so many, usually women, buckling under the weight of not having the courage to ask for help, not being willing to be vulnerable enough to say that I am struggling because we get indoctrinated with this message that we can't be weak. Mm-hmm. I would tell my younger selves, says strength is overrated. You can, you can ask somebody for help and, and not feel shame and not feel judged and not feel like you're not worthy, you know, that your problems just don't rate and that you should be able to figure it out on your own. Mm-mm. That's overrated. God says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so we don't have to be the strong ones. God has already said, oh, I got that. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is just be you. Mm-hmm. I don't have a pink tambourine, but (laughs) (laughs) But if I had a pink tambourine, I would be shaking it right now because that was that nugget can free so many people from that overarching shame of trying to be strong and go it alone. That was good. All right. So what's your love wisdom? What would you tell your younger self about love if you could? As my granny say, all that glitters <laughs> is not gold. Looks say everything. No, let me stop being that. Well, that's the truth. Looks are not everything. But what I would say is that, and I hate to sound like Whitney Houston, but learning to love yourself, it really is the greatest love of all. When you don't love yourself, oh, honey, the things that you will put up with, the things that you will tolerate, the things that you will allow. So oftentimes we like to say, oh, I would never do this. I would never allow that. I would never have somebody do A, B, and C. And then when those things happen in your life and you're trying to figure out where the missing piece is, it's because that self-love 
is missing. One thing that you know is that at the start of this pandemic, woo child, I'm almost ashamed to say, but I was about 65 pounds heavier than I am right now. Mm-hmm. And people are like, how are you doing this? Because if you look on my social media, at least four or five times a week, you'll see a picture of me in the gym or working out or what have you. Do you know that that decision to wake up and go and do the work in that gym and do the training, what I am trying to normalize for people is that it is okay to choose yourself every single day. You can choose yourself every day. You don't have to compromise. You don't have to zhuzh. You don't have to finesse. No, you can choose yourself. You can protect that time as a, as a radical act of self-love. I know you've seen that movie, The Five Heartbeats, right? Mm-hmm. And when Bird and the Midnight Falcons came in and wanted to talk to Big Red about their royalties mm-hmm. and Big Red said, my office hours are from nine to five. And he said, I want to talk about my money right now. And what happened to Bird? Next thing he found himself dangling over the side of the balcony and he said, my office hours are what now? Nine to five. Now, I'm not saying you got to go and dangle somebody over the balcony, but when you have chosen protected time for yourself and say, this is the time that I meditate. This is the time that I exercise. This is the time that I go walking. This is the time that I read my book. This is the time that I write my journal. You can, you can get on the other side of that, but this is my time. And I protect this time because I love myself enough to do it. Oh my God. That's beautiful. And what a great accomplishment. Congratulations on your weight loss. (laughs) You look incredible. All right. And finally, happiness wisdom. What would you tell your younger self about happiness? If you could. What I would tell my younger self about happiness is that you're worthy of it. If you're happy and you know it, (laughs) what do we teach children? Clap your hands. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so often because of our culture and the communities that we grow up in, we don't feel like we should talk about the times that we're happy or when we've accomplished good things or what have you, because sometimes that comes with, so... So you think you're better than somebody or you think you're that? Well, you know, you really shouldn't because that that's just such a lack of humility and, and that sort of thing. And so, you know, we learn to shrink and we learn to hide and we learn to, you know, and, and not, and, and here's the, the kicker. When we do that, we, we go through life expecting bad things to happen. We go through life expecting the other shoe to drop because now we're afraid to be happy. The Bible says, make a joyful noise. <laughs> unto the Lord. It said, come with gladness, come before his presence with singing, do all of the things with a joyful shout. Some versions say with a joyful shout, if you happy, you better be happy. And, and it's okay to let other people know that, that you're happy. And the people that aren't happy for you, mm-hmm. guess what? Everybody that's in your, your circle ain't necessarily in your corner. And so once you root those people out, the better you are, you know, in the long run, once you know who and where and what have you, but be unapologetically happy. You don't, you know, stop shrinking your accomplishments. Stop saying, oh, it's not a big deal. Or, you know, it's, I mean, okay, well, thank you. No, be happy. Take the compliment. Say, ain't God good? Yes, I did. I'm proud of myself. It's okay to own your happiness and not shrink to make other people happy because they might be uncomfortable. Mm. Dr. Shante, this was 
a vision board moment for me to have this conversation with you. I wrote your name on my little air table (laughs) months ago (laughs) Um, before we really even connected with you being my life coach before we connected um, doing project work together. And so I just consider it an honor an indeed honor to have had a chance to interview you on my podcast. And I thank you for saying yes. And I thank you for your guidance, your wisdom, your navigation. And I close out every podcast by asserting for my guests that success looks so good on you. Thank you so much, Denise. I truly appreciate you. And I'm trying not to cry. I'm like, oh my, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You, you, how we become a part of other people's lives and don't even know, like my name is in your house somewhere on a vision board. And I had no inkling that that was the case. And that just humbles me. That absolutely floors me. So thank you so much for having me. I truly do appreciate absolutely, it. Absolutely. Absolutely. have to tell you that I am so excited about the partnerships that God is allowing me to forge. As I said, I believe that partnerships accelerate progress, but strategic partnerships accelerate success. And I am so excited, doubly excited, to be partnering with Dr. Shantae to help bring her vision to life with the skills that God has blessed me with. This partnership is creating an experience that is going to be a blessing. And so I encourage you to go out to the whole and complete retreat.com website and take a look at what is being put together to be a blessing for your life. Again, that's the whole and complete retreat.com website. Everything is spelled completely out whole and complete retreat.com. I look at what God is allowing me to be a part of the good work that he is doing in the earth realm. And I am just simply blessed. You know, I say it all the time that there's one thing to be successful, but it's quite another to live a life of significance. And significance is when you have the opportunity to help others. And yes, I'm connected to Dr. Shantae, but we are focused on helping to change lives of those that we are connecting to through the platforms that God has blessed us to have. Now, I talked a little bit about my Strategic Partnerships Accelerated event. And if you are a business owner, if you are a speaker, a coach, an influencer, if you have a platform, have a brand, then you want to be a part of my free networking event event on Wednesday, January 12th. That event is going to allow all of us game changers to come together to network and to partner. And as I said, partnership accelerates 
progress, but strategic partnerships accelerate success. So make sure you mark your calendar to be a part of the Strategic Partnerships Accelerated Networking Event. It's a free event that I'm hosting and I do have an appreciation gift for everyone who shows up. I am so grateful to be connected to you. I'm grateful for all of you who have subscribed, who have rated, who have reviewed. That is the fastest way that the message of goodness that God has blessed this platform to begin to share can reach more people. So please rate, review, and subscribe. And I pray that you will continue to see prosperity all year long. Well, that's it, beautiful. Thank you for tuning in. Don't ever forget that you truly deserve life, love, and all the happiness your heart can hold. Be relentless in building a life you love without apology. I'm Denise Taylor, and you can always find me in our free Facebook community. Life, love, and the pursuit of happiness, easy to find. Now, if you want more information about my success superpowers, as I'm sure you do, download my free success superpowers ebook at denisetaylor.live forward slash podcast. And one last thing, always embrace your power and go.